I'm Austin. I'm Bridget. And I'm Lauren. And this is Tipsy Ghouls, a podcast that searches your neck of the woods for the stories that keep you up at night about true crime, conspiracies, and you guessed it, ghosts. So without further ado, let's get started. To welcome everyone. <laughs> hello. Sup, dog. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello. hello, everybody. <laughs> I should say it. Hello, everybody. Perfect. And welcome to Tip Sequels, a Tip podcast sequels. about true crime conspiracy, and you guessed it, ghosts. <laughs> ghosts. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Sorry, Spooky. Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts. Fun fact, when we did record that, um, like we didn't have a way to like transition it into like what we were talking about. So I had to add like while editing that, like without further ado, let's get started. That's why it sounds so ominous and weird. Cause it's not when we were recording. <laughs> I've always wondered. I noticed like, that you added I, Cause that I didn't, re- I didn't remember like that happening when we were yeah, recording. <laughs> cause we like just stopped. It was just like ghosts. Ghosts. And then like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, just, okay, that was it. Ghosts. <laughs> And this is what I think. Okay, Corona quarantine sounds like (laughs) the official soundtrack of quarantine 2020. (laughs) Bottles and cans. (laughs) Um, do we want to talk about what we're drinking? Oh yeah, I guess since we are the tipsy ghouls, (sighs) force me (laughs) to drink. God, (laughs) and we're always always drunk on our podcast. Okay, <clears throat> so in true Tipsy Ghouls fashion, we're going to bring you up to speed on what um, we are drowning our sorrows with during this quarantine. Drinking every day. <laughs> I am drinking um, a beer from Branch and Bone, which is a Dayton brewery, one of my favorites. It is called Diamond Sea. It's a Fodor aged wild ale with boysenberry. It's pretty sour. Um, if you don't like sours, I definitely wouldn't go for a wild ale. But it's good. It's got like a subtle berry hint. It's definitely looks like juice. Um, but it's good if you like a good sour beer. And Branch and Bone was nominated for one of the top 10 new breweries in the United States this year. So yes, keep it up. I love them. Yes, they're great. And I am drinking a Raspberry Springer, which is a fruited golden ale from Yellow Springs oh. Brewery. It's really, really good in the can, but if you get a chance, you need to go there and have it on tap because it is amazing mm. on tap. So good. It's so good. It just I love Yellow Springs. It's just such a light <sighs> Yeah, I miss can, Yellow Springs so much. I know. It's just like a light beer that you can literally drink anytime. It's so good. It's perfect for mm-hmm. the spring and summer, too. That's a perfect, like, brewing beer. Mm-hmm. So good. God, I love that. Well, I'm drinking everyone's favorite conspiracy wine. Uh, <laughs> Charles Shaw, Two Buck Chuck, Cabernet dun, dun, dun. Sauvignon. Is it Francia? <laughs> Is it worth $1,000? I don't know. I only paid $3 for it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Cheers. Uh, yes. Oh, cheers. cheers. We've never done that to each other. That's <laughs> cute. <laughs> anyway, I was... Fun fact. Wait, what? Ahead, oh, I was going to say, I don't know if we've talked about um, 
how much Lauren loves the dirt on this podcast yet, but mm-hmm. we definitely talk about it on Tipsy Guide. <laughs> and my mom texted me today out of the blue and said, watching the dirt. And I said, oh, Lauren, I'll be so proud. And she responded like an hour later, like, it was great. That's exactly what the 80s were like. <laughs> she said, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> oh, my God. Hell yeah. Apparently, they weren't quite as wild as Motley Crue, but probably pretty close. Not quite. My mom got 97 detentions her junior year of high school. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my she God. Did. She's going to kill me. Susie. <laughs> my dad woke up. Susie. My dad woke up on the top of a van during the Monsters of Rock concert in Germany. <laughs> wow. Um, my my oh. mom was a, a good girl. Um, she played the French horn and was in the marching band. And... Um, the, oh, I, I don't remember if she did this or she had a friend that did this, but back when Lacoste was like a really big deal, they used to buy Lacoste socks and cut the alligator off and then sew them onto polos. So it looks like they had Lacoste polos. Oh my God. That's genius. <laughs> that is- yeah. I found my new quarantine activity. <laughs> Counterfeit Lacoste. Corona crafting. (laughs) (coughs) That's genius. And what's your Corona crafting project? Counterfeit goods. (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) Ah. Next she's going to be showing up to the flea market selling all of her knockoff (laughs) Gucci. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, yes. Counterfeit goods. One of the four corners of the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of foreshadowing into my story today. All right. And the state we are covering today is Colorado. Sure is. It's super creepy over there. It really is. I have like a lot of murders to choose from. Maybe that's why they're all like, maybe that's why they're so into smoking all the time. Because they need to smoke to get get through living there. Yeah. They were like, uh, we have an abnormally high amount of murders, so we're going to let everyone smoke some weed. <laughs> right. Everything's Maybe kind we'll of just... weird here. <laughs> like Everything's been kind of weird since John Bonet. Maybe we should kind of change things up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, conspiracies to choose from there. Um, but this one, the one that I'm getting into is pretty crazy, and I'm sure everyone being high um, definitely helps the believability of all of this there's definitely a place where potheads would live Hmm. yeah it's like for sure scary yellow springs (laughs) yeah just like there's just some crazy shit going on like i don't know which one was like the chicken or the egg was it like the crazy shit or was it the the weed Ah. like which one was first (laughs) although i will say hey go ahead i will say i've always wanted to go to uh red rock canyon or red rock amphitheater whatever it's called because i want to go i just want to go to a concert there it looks really cool me too i should have gone on that spontaneous trip that i tried to go on last year oh i remember that should have done it should have maybe we should go to colorado instead yeah we We could fly into a certain place that we're we could a certain place that's pretty scary (laughs) all right (laughs) i looked up some colorado fun facts Oh, yeah. So. Great. (laughs) Great. It says, according to (laughs) the Gazette, 
Here are some fun facts about the Centennial State. Denver lays claim to the invention of the cheeseburger. Oh, thank you, Denver. Interesting. Yes. Thank you, Denver. Huh. I had a turkey burger today, and it was honestly, it was chef's kiss. Mm. Mm, that sounds so good. good. Colorado is the only state in history to turn down the Olympics. Hmm. Okay. Oh. So in 1976, okay. the Winter Olympics were supposed to be held in Denver. And they decided not to because of the cost, pollution, and population boom. It's interesting. Wow. Like, sis, we don't want that drama. Right. <laughs> the world's first rodeo was held on July 4th, 1869 in Deer Trail. Oh. Wow. Rodeos and cheeseburgers? That's this. This state sounds amazing. Colorado, yeah. what you doing? I know. Can we come? Can we live there? Um, and then it. I'm just going to pick one of these last ones to do. Oh, Colorado once had three governors in a single day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they wild went out over there. <laughs> They're like, March- we don't like you. Bring in the next one. <laughs> On March 17th, 1905, Democrat Alva Adams was forced to resign because of election improperties. So one district had 717 votes for Adams, but only 100 registered voters. (laughs) He was (laughs) replaced by Republican (laughs) James H. Peabody, who had run against him in the election on on the condition that he immediately resign. Why? And he did so, yielding <laughs> to his lieutenant governor, Jesse F. McDonald. Hmm. That Weird. sounds like a big old conspiracy itself. It does. Yeah. It does. That's, I thought you, it was going to be like, the population was like, I'm just not feeling his vibes. Can we just, <laughs> I'm just don't redo feel it. real quick. Not to vibe. <laughs> not, not to vibe. vibe. <laughs> you have brought hateration and holleration into this dancery. <laughs> speaking of tiktok i have one quick story that we can edit out if we want (laughs) um i was scrolling through (laughs) have you seen that guy that has the the tiktok that's like i just found out that all of my followers are straight millennial women so uh, what's up girls what are you drinking (laughs) it's like i don't know some guy he's funny not part of the story but i followed him and he posted one that was like i been um like reaching out to people, trying to help them, like Venmoing them some money. And a lot of people have like negative bank accounts. So um, it's like, if you are struggling, like comment in the comment section and maybe like someone who has some money can Venmo you something. So I found this dude that um, said he was about to lose his house or something. So I Venmoed him like 50 bucks and he commented back and was like, I'm crying in drag right now. (laughs) 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 Like I'm a struggling drag queen. I'm crying in drag right now. (laughs) Oh my god! That's amazing. You are a saint. I love that so much. Wow. I didn't mean to brag about it, but I just thought it was funny. No, I'm crying that's and so drag funny. right now. Crying and drag. <laughs> it was cute. Jeez, that is so I love that. Wow, what a what a good story. I know. We need oh, to keep that you. in. I love that. Yeah, okay. you gotta figure out where that fits. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready to get started then? Yeah, I'm ready to be spooked. 
Okay. Yes. So this one, this story this week, um, I was excited about it. I'm still excited about it. I think it's going to be a good story. Um, I did this because um, it's just, it's about a woman who um, I just, I think she's fantastic. And you guys are going to know who she is immediately. Um, So this week I'm doing the Molly Brown House in Denver, Colorado. So, my sources are Wikipedia, SeeksGhost.com, and MollyBrown.org. So, the history of the home is located on 1340 Pennsylvania Street in Denver, Colorado. Sits the house of the unsinkable Molly Brown. Known as a philanthropist, an activist, and a socialite, Molly Brown is a fascinating person from history, as she is also known as one of the few survivors from the RMS Titanic. Oh! Yeah, that's right. She is the real-life Molly Brown, portrayed by no other than Queen Kathy Bates in the Titanic. And all around America oh, badass. That is so cool. That's cool. Yeah, right? That's I saw really cool. that's why when I texted you guys, I was like, oh, I know what oh. I'm doing. <laughs> oh, found it. Oh. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah. Also, uh, her real name in life was Margaret or Maggie Brown. Uh, she actually mm-hmm. didn't go by Molly in life, and she only started being called Molly after her death. And hmm. it was by reporters and people telling stories about her that they like made molly famous for being her name which i i wonder if like in her ghostly life she's like stop calling me that like, my that's not Margaret, my name damn it <laughs> right it's just giving me flashbacks to like if i died and everyone thought my name was britney i'd be so fucking pissed <laughs> <laughs> um so margaret or molly gained uh her standing in denver socialite as a as a denver socialite uh because she was a very persistent woman she learned to speak three languages in her life and was the first woman in her county to run for U.S. Senate in 1909. Molly was a hero as the Titanic sank, like I said, um, because when the officer of the lifeboat that she was in lost control, she rallied all of the women in her boat and they rowed to shore together. A few women were allowed to testify at the Titanic inquiry held after the disaster, but Margaret's persistence allowed her to speak during the trial. Yes. Um, she, yeah, wow. like she's an all-around American badass. Like That's she awesome. is a great, great woman in history. Hell yeah. Um, after she gained popularity, kind of, and fame from. Um, being someone who survived the sinking of the Titanic, she used her newfound fame to speak out on issues such as labor rights, women's suffrage, and children literacy. Hell yeah, so she, she did. she worked so hard. Um, in 1894, her husband James, also known by JJ, she called him JJ, and she purchased their home in Denver for $30,000. I did not look up the rate of what that would be today, so I don't know what it would be. Um, but they, okay, perfect. Um, uh, they, then in 1898, um, her husband JJ transferred the title to her solely, um, because his health was deteriorating and I think that he wanted her to have, like, everything. Um, Molly and her family were known to travel often, so when they weren't at the house, 
they rented it out to guests and um, over the years this amassed quite a few visitors in and out. Uh, in 1902 she invited the governor which made me laugh when you said that earlier Lauren because um, well I guess this was probably before that governor but she invited the governor of Colorado to stay <laughs> in their family home while their home was being renovated and in 1926 she turned the boarding home boarding house into or she turned the house into a boarding home um, and put it under the supervision of her under her housekeeper that was a mess to say I don't know why that was so hard for me to get out <laughs> um, so you said her house was $30,000 in 1880 yeah um, it's over seven hundred thousand oh. dollars now. Okay, okay, okay. It's um, if you if you look up pictures of the home, it's a beautiful home. And it, <laughs> like it is in Denver, Colorado, and it is a historic home. So I'd say seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars is well worth it um, for that home. It's a it's a pretty home. Um, so keep that pulled up because. Oh. After her death in 1930, the home was sold for $6,000 as a boarding house for men. So, and I didn't look up how much that was. So, how much is $6,000 today? Um, $145,000. Okay, that's still a lot that's of money. Still a lot. <laughs> I was like expecting it to be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, compared to $700,000. Right. Right, yeah. right. That's crazy. Uh, over the years after her death, the Molly Brown home fell into slow deterioration until it finally landed in the hands of a group of concerned citizens that formed a, the historic Denver Incorporated and raised money to restore, restore the home to its former glory. Um, it, Like I said, it's a beautiful home. It's also called like the in bet- Between the Lions Home or something like that. Um, some places call it that. So on to the hauntings of the home. Yes. So her husband, JJ, is not seen in apparition form, uh, but his scent is known to be located in the home's basement and attic. Um, His scent is that of pipe tobacco, and people find this ironic because while JJ lived in the home with Maggie, uh, or Molly, she never let him smoke inside, so... Mm. Uh, it kind of sounds like he used to sneak into oh. the basement or the attic to smoke yeah. so she wouldn't find him. Interesting. Yeah. But he's not seen, he's smelled. Um, doors mm. open and shut on their own. Many witnesses have seen blinds open and close on their own in the bedroom uh, that was once Helen's or Molly's daughter's room. Margaret's mother has been seen standing in the window of her old bedroom. Uh, the apparition, or uh, I should say the mysterious apparition that is seen in the house is that of a woman who wears a long Victorian dress. Uh, she's usually seen at the dining table, and she's known to rearrange chairs in the area. Um, she also likes to move around other furniture, so I don't think she likes when people touch stuff and move it around. Yeah, it doesn't sound like yeah. it. Yeah. Another ghost is observed walking through the second floor of the house. It is speculated that this is Molly or possibly her mother. Um, in the t- early or in the mid two thousands, a tour guide um, who was closing the house for the day was walking on the back stairs, and he felt an icy breeze past him. 
when he turned the corner, he spotted on the second floor, um, one of the windows was open in a bedroom. He shut the window, and as he was replacing the ropes uh, the through the stairs so that people couldn't go in, um, from he noticed that the shadow of a woman on the ground next to his. Mm. So she was standing next to him. Ew. When he turned to see who it was, no one was there. That's creepy. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of the pool story from last yes, time. Ew. Yeah. I, I feel like there's always that story of someone standing next to you and you don't know. Ew, I hate that so much. Yeah. So today the home is, um, when the home is not closed for a pandemic, uh, you can visit it Tuesday <laughs> to Sunday from 10 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. for tours. They also have select dates in October called Victorian Horrors, where you, this is quoted from the mollybrown.org website, uh, have a chance to meet with the spirits of long-dead horror writers as they haunt various rooms of the Molly Brown House Museum, performing dramatic readings from their most popular works. It is like nothing you've experienced before. So... Uh, if you are ever in Denver, Colorado, and you've wondered how one of the Titanic's most illustrious survivors lived, stop by the Molly Brown house and tour this piece of the past. And that is the short story of the Molly Brown house in Denver, Colorado. That's a good one. That is good. I doubt I... Uh... <laughs> she puts on glasses. Interessant. <laughs> No, that was really good. That was. When you were explaining the end about people haunting each room, I thought you meant like the hauntings were so like predictable and there that like they were advertising them. <laughs> <laughs> like go from room to room and see the ghosts. They're going to no, be Oh, <laughs> they just are spooky there. Super spooky. <laughs> and then the whole time that was a good one. when you were saying that whole like event at the end when they what Beach was talking about. I just thought to myself, uh-huh. I was like, dude, that's something that Mystic Falls would do. Like, where they live on the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it. <laughs> That's like a real job in Mystic Falls. Like, I reenact ghost stories in the manor. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Probably. I would not be surprised. Ugh, my shift at the manor. <laughs> my shift at the manor. Did you guys know job. that... Did yeah. you guys know that the uh, mansion that was used as the vampire's home in Vampire Diaries was torn down? Yeah, and I'm pissed. Like, it was an oh. actual mansion, and somebody, they yeah. bought it to build, do a housing development. Yeah. But, I mean, I think... That was a, it was a beautiful Yeah, it was home. gorgeous. Yeah, I'm pissed. I heard about that. I, I literally, I hate, I hate people so much. I hate, literally, when I saw that, I, di- I didn't even really watch the show, but when I saw that, I was so mad, because it was a huge mansion. It was, it was, it was gorgeous. I loved that show. That's sad. But, unfortunately, my story has nothing to do with Damon or <laughs> Stefan Salvatore. <laughs> unfortunately, it has But to everything to do with... Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so when I was searching true crime in Colorado, um, obviously John Bonet is one of the top searches that came up, and I did not want to open that can of worms, but Santa Bill did it. It is crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> true Crime Garage has a pretty pretty good, I think, like four-part four episode on it, so go ahead and listen to that. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Ted Bundy 
um, escaped from prison twice in Colorado and was on, and that's when they actually lost him and he made his way to Florida. Um, and then there's just a bunch of crazy other crap that happened in Colorado that you could easily just find and it's one of the most popular ones but I have heard of this one before um and I was just really really excited to do it because it combines two of my loves which is beer and archaeology so aka like (sighs) digging in like dirt and like digging in the dirt and then in just one epic case so yeah I was just really excited when I found this and I know it's it is probably pretty well known but it wasn't known I I vaguely knew about it so all right let's go let's go so my sources for this week is fbi.gov a vice.com article by seth ferranti nine news.com and the forensic files episode season 11 episode 14 on february 9th 1960 the chairman and heir to the coors brewing company fortune adolf or ad coors the third left his wife and four children at 8 a.m. to head to his appointments at the family brewery in Golden, Colorado. Later that day, a milkman found an empty station wagon on the one-lane Turkey Creek Bridge with the engine running and radio playing. The milkman honked a few times, and when there was no answer, he got out of his truck to move the station wagon himself. It was then when he noticed a reddish-brown stain on the bridge and a hat on the edge of the riverbank below. The milkman immediately reported his find to local police. Searchers soon spread over the area. They ID'd the car to Adolf Coors, and they found a few more items belonging to him. So I think they found another hat and then his a lens from his eyeglasses, but nothing else. And the next morning, Coors' wife Mary received a typewritten ransom note for $500,000 in return for her husband. And this is what the letter said. Mrs. Coors, your husband has been kidnapped. His car is by Turkey Creek. Call the police or FBI. He dies. Cooperate. He lives. Ransom, $200,000 in tens and $300,000 in twenties. There will be no negotiating. Bills, used slash non-consecutive slash unrecorded slash unmarked. Warning, we will know if you call the police or record the serial numbers. Directions. Place money in this letter and envelope in one suitcase or bag. Have two men with a car ready to make the delivery. When all set, advertise a tractor for sale in Denver Post, Section 69. Sign Ad King Ranch, Fort Lupton. Wait at NA94455 for instructions after ad appears. Deliver immediately after receiving a call. Any delay will be regarded as a stall to, send up, to set up a stakeout. Understand this. Adolf's life is in your hands. We have no desire to commit murder. All we want is that money. If you follow the instructions, he will be released unharmed within 48 hours after the money is received. And honestly, when I was reading that for the first time, it reminded me of the John Bonet ransom letter because that sounds a Mm -hmm. lot like it. So, yeah, just saying. And only five hundred thousand dollars like right i mean the family I feel like you should ask for more right, like the <laughs> family is like worth billions obviously because they're yeah yeah beer 
So the family got the money together and waited eagerly by the phone for the call that unfortunately never came. So in 1932, um, Charles Lindbergh's baby was kidnapped and murdered. I think Charles Lindbergh was, I don't really know who he was, but obviously someone important. Uh, Charles Lindbergh was the first, I I don't know if he was the first (laughs) man, but he was one of the first people to fly across the transatlantic um, to Europe. He was like super famous. Perfect. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, his baby was kidnapped and murdered. And after that, the FBI made kidnapping a federal offense. So after 24 hours had passed and Coors's disappearance was determined to kidnapping, the FBI was able to quickly take over the investigation, which is really good because mm. then they could use their full manpower and then everything else that um, came with the federal bureau. Yeah. And the Coors family said that they would pay whatever is necessary to get Adolf back, but the kidnappers were never heard from again. The FBI analyzed the typewritten note. So it was written on a typewriter and found a distinctive typeface. The paper had uncommon watermarks, and perhaps most interesting, there were no typos, and the grammar was perfect. So one thing that they really noted and thought that was really interesting is that after the period he did two spaces which is something you learn in school so obviously this person had a little bit of education so leads began to pour into local and state police departments and there was one that seemed really promising a witness had seen an early 1950s canary yellow mercury in the area on several occasions and even had a partial license plate number so this guy was on it. He was a great witness. You know, see something, say something. So four possible cars came back from the partial plate, but the one registered to Walter Osborne stuck out as he had bought the car just one month prior to Coors' kidnapping. And when the police went to his address from the registration on the car, it was completely abandoned, and Osborne had moved out and left no forwarding address. Yeah, that's a little suspicious. A little bit. Soup's suspicious. So yeah. from the landlord, they found out that he actually disappeared around the time of Corz's abduction. The room was dusted for prints and came back to the convicted killer, Joseph Corbett Jr., who had escaped from a California prison. The landlord positively ID'd Corbett Jr.'s mugshot as the man who leased the room. His housemates could hear him typing late into the night, and police found an empty box for handcuffs and leg strength leg restraints in the garbage behind the house kinky uh yeah that should uh, point to the suspect yeah, 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 yeah. Right there. <laughs> really smart guy mm-hmm. a local department store clerk recognized corbett as one of the only customers to pay in cash for a typewriter which really only dug this guy's hole deeper and joseph yeah. corbett jr had become suspect number one the FBI put out an ABP for a Corbett's Mercury sedan, but it was found burnt in Atlantic City, New Jersey, eight days after the kidnapping and 1,800 miles away. So this is the part where it gets really, really cool. So they, fr- well, at least for me anyway. The forensic text scraped off four distinctive layers of soil from underneath the back bumper of the car. And by using that, they were actually able to create a road map of where the car had been. That is insane. Right? What the fuck? Like, the amount of... That's crazy. Just pure dedication of scraping off every single layer. Yeah. To even, like, think about that. Right. 
That's crazy. So the outer layer was from the New Jersey area soil, so similar to where the car was found. The third layer was soil from an unknown source. The second layer was soil from near Coors's house. And the first loyalist first layer of soil is from Turkey Creek Bridge. Oh my god. That could not be That's literally like any more here is every bit of information that you need. Right. Like this guy It's like a game of clue. I know, yeah. <laughs> he did it in the car on the side of the road. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> With the typewriter on the side of the road. Uh, right. So uh, the detectives were, re- were determined to get to the bottom of the unknown soil sample. So they started a road trip from Atlantic, t- Atlantic City to Golden, Colorado, collecting soil samples as they went. Their third layer's origins were matched to Pikes Peak in the Rocky Mountains. But searching the vast park would be a huge undertaking. So they just... I think they, they might have been waiting for like a game plan or something to actually go in, but who knows. The case went cold throughout the summer of 1960, but eight months after the kidnapping on September 11th, 1960, hikers found a skeletal remains, a pair of trousers with a pocket knife bearing the initials AC the Third, and other clothes determined to be the clothing mm-hmm. Adolf Kors was wearing when he disappeared. Oh, that's so sad. Guess where they found it. Yeah, that's rough. Pikes where? Peak in where? the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> About 10 fucking miles west of Colorado Springs. <laughs> Damn. So the jacket and the shirt had bullet holes that showed that he had been shot in the back. Oh. And the shoulder blade Ugh. that they found confirmed that as well. So after that, they still had no idea where... Corbett was and FBI director J. Edgar Hoover declared Corbett as America's most wanted man. So they had this whole giant manhunt on for Corbett and for seven months he actually remained on the run. The story remained in the public eye and it was featured in publications and Corbett's wanted photo was plastered across the country so everyone knew what he looked like but he was still able to um, evade officers. So mm-hmm. actually, a Reader's Digest reader in Canada gave the Royal Canadian Mounted Police an apartment number rented by a man who resembled Corbett Jr. but had recently moved. So that was like their first tip. Like, okay, like he might be in Canada. He might have fled before we could get him mm-hmm. get his um, like photo out everywhere. And the next day, a manager of a rooming house in Winnipeg called local police to report a man who looked like Corbett Jr. and was driving a fire engine red Pontiac. So on October 29th, 1960, Vancouver police found the car parked outside of a motor inn. The FBI and Toronto police knocked on the door. Corbett Jr. emerged and said, I give up. I'm the man you want. Oh, my God. So he was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i'm the one that you want <laughs> i am the one you want <laughs> cuff me <laughs> man so he what he tried he, he tried really hard and he did really well for a while but you know yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. shit happens if you're gonna kill someone that high profile you have to understand that 
people are going to be looking for you. <laughs> right. Like you can't just kill <laughs> you like, will be found. the cores <laughs> guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> be like, no one will suspect me. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Corbett Jr. was returned to Colorado and he was tried by the state for Coors' murder. The prosecution painted the picture of a plot hatched by Corbett to kidnap Adolf, one where he stalked Ad for weeks and determined the best place to park his car to intercept Ad on his way to work. So Corbett mailed his ransom note the morning of the kidnapping. He loaded his handcuffs and leg restraints in the back seat and most likely parked on the bridge to make it look like his car broke down. Ad saw Corbett on the bridge, went to help, and a struggle ensued after Corbett pulled a gun. Ad ran back to his car, and Corbett shot twice, killing him instantly. Ad loaded Corbett's body into the... Wait. Corbett loaded Ad's body into into his car and made a run for it. He dubbed Ad's body in Pike Peak, a place he had been before as an avid hunter. And finally, on March 19, 1961, Joseph Corbett Jr. was convicted of kidnapping and murder and sentenced to life in prison. The case remains one of Colorado's most notorious and will live on as one of the first cases to rely on geological samples to close the case. And that is the kidnap and murder of Adolf Coors III, heir to the Coors Brewing Company fortune, murdered. Sorry you died. I think your technology on your cans is really cool, though. It is. A That's visionary. so sad that he tried to help him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and it's so sad because he had a wife and four kids. But it's just a really interesting yeah. oh, story that, you know, in the beginning he really did mean to just kidnap him and probably wasn't going to do him any harm. And then yeah. shit got out of hand and he panicked. And it, yeah. Stuff gets real. Man. And you know what, though? That's crazy. If he would have just called the cops right when it happened, like, it probably wouldn't have even been, like, obviously, yeah, it's bad you murdered someone, but then he wouldn't have that kidnapping shit on you, too. Like, he would have just mm-hmm. probably got another Could have just sentence. been like, we got in a fight, and I accidentally killed him. Yeah. <laughs> the cover-up so is always jail, worse but... than the crime. <laughs> yeah. But he was escaped from prison, wasn't he? Right. He could have just escaped again. Yeah. And, like, probably not good to call the cops after you've escaped and also killed someone. That's true. <laughs> killed someone again. <laughs> yeah. He had no uh, no intentions of being a good person. No, no. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he sucks. I feel like even just after this is a bad comparison to make, you can cut this out. <laughs> it's probably insensitive. But <laughs> like even after just being in quarantine for a while, I'm like, man, if I could just have a chance to go outside, like I would be nice to everyone. I feel like that's probably similar to how you feel in jail. Like, if you escape from jail, I would try to be, like, the best person possible. I, same. I feel the same way. I would be like, oh, my God, do you need the shirt off my back? Here. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. Like, I took life for granted, and now I never want to go back there, and I'm finally out, and, like, I want to mm-hmm. be such a good person. But I feel like they're criminals, so, you know. Well, it's like Ted Bundy yeah, when he, he escaped and made his way down to Florida. The only reason anyone found him is because he murdered those sorority girls yeah so it's like a sickness yeah like he could physically could not help himself anymore and had to do it like a fucking psychopath it's crazy he's a bad guy well it's sad but very interesting and on brand for us with the beer yes Uh, yeah and i was really (laughs) good old piss water all right you guys ready yes my body yes. is ready. 
Okay. I'm so excited. Me too. Let me get you guys situated. I actually started watching the the video of the girl that you sent us to watch earlier. Yes. Like yeah, right I watched before her we got a little on. bit too. I love her. She I want to finish it when we're done. She has a series and she does the murder, mystery, and makeup Mondays. So she does like a get ready with me while she talks about murders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just situating you guys so I can see your faces with my notes. Look at me. You have notes? You? Yeah, I took notes this time because I'm not I'm so sleep sorry. deprived. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> for the conspiracy Here, episode of Colorado, we are talking about the infamous Denver airport. Dun, dun, dun. I have a lot of sources for this, and this is kind of what I meant by like everyone in Colorado believes this shit because I found TikToks, <laughs> I found everything. I've watched um, Bailey Syrian's YouTube video, I watched a bunch of other YouTube videos, there's a BuzzFeed video. There was an infographics show video that was pretty cool. And even CNN covered this. What? So I have lots of, um, yeah. And it was kind of in a comical way, but like not really, um, which I'll get into what they were talking about later. So even before the Denver airport was built, there was already controversy around this bitch. So (laughs) there... (laughs) There is another airport that is very close by um, that is way closer to downtown Denver. <laughs> uh, they are 26 miles apart from each other. Yeah. And so what? when they built this and I think 1995, people were like, why? <laughs> like, we are fine having this normal airport. You're like, no, we're going to build the biggest airport in, in America. And so the budget for this was $2 billion dollars. It went over budget by more, it, it more than doubled its budget. It was at the end $4.8 billion. Jesus. And it went 16 months, 16 months behind schedule. So already people were like, what the fuck is happening? So basically, um, the reason that people think that it was behind schedule is that many people, especially construction workers, were commenting on this network of tunnels underneath the airport and there are many theories about this so I had two different construction workers that confirmed the presence of these underground structures one of them um, said that was a very intricate um, and extensive tunnel system and then one of them said um, that it was five different multi-story buildings that were built into the ground (laughs) so um there's a couple different theories on this. There's a theory that it's an underground facility meant to act as an emerger- emergency bunker for the elite, like the New World Order and all of that. Um, it's an underground network of... of um, oh, sorry. Let me start that over. <clears throat> There's an underground facility meant to act as an emergency, emergency bunker for the elite or a network of like working spaces for the New World Order. Um, an underground FEMA concentration camp for future use whenever there's a nuclear some kind of instance. Um, There's theories that aliens live down there. Um, But it has been confirmed that there are extensive um, tunnels. So part of the tunnels are used by the train system, like the, the underground tram system. But there's also talk of apparently there was supposed to be this really 
elaborate baggage system that never got used. Like so it was built and it never got finished. So that's probably what all of these underground tunnels are used for. But why did it never get finished if you spent so much money on it? You spent, what was that? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did, yeah, I did hear that. That's weird. Ew. It's the government. The They've tapped in. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so what i'm trying to disclaim it <laughs> what is is it a ghost i see it too it's just standing there but i don't know what it is Ew, it's a ghost. What? i don't see it um you don't see it well i have you kind of minimized where is the purple light wait right pull, pull us like up fully it's yeah it's to Lauren's it's just right. like a little like i have this lamp behind me so it's probably just reflecting off the camera or something but it's still creepy Oh, yeah, I see that. That's creepy. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Anyways, little... I heard that... Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Everyone's been scared now, except me. I'm scared. <laughs> it's me <Okay>. next. <laughs> I'm just gonna... And you're all below. Yeah, if something like that happens to me, I'm fucking sprinting out of here. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I will run home <laughs> in my Grab bare feet. Bye. Never coming back. I'll sacrifice all my belongings. I don't care. Oh, man. So cool. <laughs> spooking us. All right, we just need to document this that okay. we just trying to tell the story of the Ew. Denver airport and the government is interfering. Yeah, I don't know where it stopped. Um, so whoever's editing, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a pause, but yeah, that was weird. There's like a weird sound. A lot happened at yeah. once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. Okay. I'll just jump back into it. And it, it cut me off on the part where I was probably saying that it was not anything suspicious and it's probably just the baggage area. So fuck you. Government. <laughs> um, <laughs> just trying you, to have your back. So. I will stand by my suspicious thoughts of the underground baggage system because why the fuck didn't you use it if it was $2 billion? Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that is even just the beginning of the crazy shit that's happening at the Denver airport. So the next thing I have is this um, horse statue called the Blue Mustang that's outside the airport. It's nicknamed Blucifer, and it's said that it's probably cursed <laughs> and... It seems like like maybe that's the reason all this bad shit's happening. I don't know. Like it's like put a curse on the on the airport. Um, but it is this giant fiberglass statue of a blue horse. It's like super veiny and gross. <laughs> like it's like yeah. its genitals it is, it's are gross. like really realistic. <laughs> like why would you? <laughs> and it's like up, so you can just like see it just straight on. And it's it's weird. It's got glowing red eyes that are glowing all day and night. And um, this horse represents the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. And it's meant to um, represent death. And it's even talked about in the book of Revelations. And what's even extra creepier is that the artist that made it, who had been working with fiberglass his whole life, he was 65. He, while making this horse, head fell off and fucking slit one of his arteries and killed him so that was like not obviously a bad First. omen yeah not not good it, yeah it, isn't that's not the only person it fell on fell really on, right? i didn't know that 
I, I'm pretty sure I heard that it fell on multiple people. Ew, I didn't, I didn't uncover that, but I'll definitely look into it. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. if that's true, it's definitely cursed. Like, that's, get that shit out of there. <laughs> that's the reason all of this weird right. shit's happening. So, the next weird thing is the dedication stone that's inside the airport. So, this is a big kind of, like, naming stone. I'm not sure where it is. Probably a prominent place that has kind of when it was established. Like, I feel like a lot of big landmarks have something like this. But this one, um, it says on it, New World Airport Commission. And it has the Freemason logo, like really big in the middle of this dedication stone. And as you know, the New World Order is supposedly a group of elites that are secretly working together to create an all-powerful global government. And what's also weird is there's no other instance of this New World Order commission anywhere like if you if you look up new world airport commission it does not exist it's not a real organization it's only at the airport and so the combination of and the the freemasons are um said to be the center of the illuminati um established a long fucking time ago um and the date that the airport was established on was march 19th 1994 if you add up all the numbers of the date, that equals number 33, which is the highest number you can get to in the Freemasonry. It's supposed to mean like you're basically perfect. So the combination That's of those two things, fun. yeah, combination of those two things um, and just the instance of how this came about and why no one even wanted this built makes people think that it's definitely like a home ground for the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the New World Order, just like everything. And um, it only gets weirder when you get inside of the <laughs> airport. So one of the most famous weird things, and which is something that you can't really deny, is these weird fucking murals that are in it. Um, some of them are taken down now, but there has there's a history of weird-ass murals. Oh, I didn't know some of them have been taken mm-hmm. down. The, the creepiest one was taken down. The one with the... The soldier, yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm going to let you... I, I'll let you talk okay. about it. Because um, this is your thing. So, <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> so uh, what I thought was funny is in one of the videos, they interviewed just like a person walking by. And they're like, what do you think this uh, this murals are all about? And he's like, it's definitely the Illuminati letting us know how they affect the world around us. And like, it's just like all these Denver people are just like so into it. I love it. And so um, the weirdest murals, there's two sets of murals and they're supposedly have like a, like two parts to them. So the first part in both of them is more of a weird kind of, oh, it was a cookie opening. <laughs> I was like, it's registered. <laughs> this cookie like came unstuck and scared me. Um, oh, you scared me when you just stopped and went. I scared myself too because I couldn't really hear it. I just heard something. Okay. I just want to let you know that when you said the word Illuminati, like the end of it was like, beep. Ew. That's so weird. You're recording us. Oh, God. Don't kill me in my sleep. I'm sorry. It's just for entertainment purposes. They're going to kill all of us at this point. I have no power. Please don't kill us. Um, Seriously. I'm This is all already on the internet. We only have 14 listeners. Um, so these murals were made, um, in both of them are made in two parts. So the first part is kind of like a weird 
more apocalyptic looking. And then the second part's supposed to be like, oh, but it's not that bad. It's like this. So the first set of murals is the most controversial one. So the, the first one is a soldier that has a gas mask on. It's a very scary looking gas mask. Looks like a skull. And he resembles a Nazi soldier. Um, he is wearing all green, wielding a, um, a sword and a gun. And on the end of the sword, it looks like he stabbed a dove, which is the sign of world peace. And there's also <laughs> what one of the videos called a rainbow chemtrail behind him. And there's a letter from a child who died in Auschwitz in the, t- in the bottom right. It's like, even if, oh, it's all just symbolism. There's literally like his name died in Auschwitz during the Holocaust, like written out. And then the one that's supposed to be the response to that is like the rainbow continues and it kind of loops around and it's the soldier dead on the ground with the doves on top of him. And then it's like a bunch of happy people from all walks of life. And it's supposed to be like, look, unity, like this is what the world would be without violence. But it's really fucking weird. Like, why am I walking through the airport? And I'm like, oh, just got to catch this flight. And I'm like, oh, remember the Holocaust? Like, (laughs) don't really want to think about that. Um, So that was that's the one that's taken down um, for sure. I'm not sure if the other one is. But these are good. That's creepy AF. Yeah. These are both made by the same artist. So the other one, the first um, more depressing mural is um, three dead women in three caskets of all kind of like immigrant nationality um like laid in caskets and you can see that people are mourning them and then there's like dead animals all over and they're holding the people that are still alive that are mourning are holding glass boxes with extinct animals in them and there's like a forest fire happening behind them it's like very depressing (laughs) um mural and i guess it's supposed to be like if we don't take care of the environment this is what will happen kind of thing and then the other um side is um just like a happy uh i don't remember exactly what that one looks like but it's the same vein as the other one it's like this is what it would be like if everyone was just happy and it's just like nature and and happy people i'm looking at it right now it's um, instead of it being a dead woman in the center, it's like it looks like a rainbow flower of some sort. Okay. And then people of all nationalities, and then all of the animals that were in cases are now alive oh. and happy in their own environment. Yeah. Oh, and another thing, um, on the other mural, on the bad one, there's dead kids in it and a mother holding a dead baby. So if that's not even Great. already bad. So, yeah. Yeah, like, they're not even trying to, like, yeah it's not like Like, symbolism and like i know you're thinking like oh artists are weird like they probably just hired this artist and he came in and made these weird murals but um the office of public affairs has outlined the process of getting this artwork chosen and they not only create a panel of artists and people in the community to choose the artist but the artwork has to also be approved by the mayor's office And so even if this was just like some weird, like social movement kind of mural paintings, it did get approved through the office of the mayor. So like had to go through a lot of government people. And there's also weird gargoyles everywhere. And there's even um, a painting of a devil jumping out of a suitcase. 
There's a statue of Anubis, which is the Egyptian god of death. Um, so there's just a lot of weird art going on. Um, and then on top of that, speaking of artwork, if you um, look at an aerial <laughs> view, if you look at an aerial view of but wait, <laughs> wait, there's more. Um, an aerial view of the runways, they are shaped like a swastika, and the um, people have questioned why it's shaped I like didn't that. Know that. Because airways fuck? don't have to be shaped like that. Because um, they originally were like, well, it's good for the air traffic, and all planes can take off in all directions. Which, okay, um, but like you could have done it differently, probably. <laughs> But, like, um, why? And they said, we think it looks like a pinwheel. Like, okay. <laughs> you have paintings of Nazis sure. inside of your fucking uh-huh. airport. So, um, what's interesting, like, all of these, like, to me, seem like, yes, they're all very weird. And I, the conspiracy theorist me believes all of this. Um, but, like, these could all just be, like, taken out of context. And they could just be, like, weird coincidences. But the weirdest thing to me is that recently um, the airport has leaned into the conspiracy theory thing with its marketing plan. So they're they're doing construction now since 2016 to kind of open up the grand entrance, I guess. And um, so there are signs everywhere on these like construction walls that have aliens on them, lizards, gargoyles, a cat in a tin hat. And they're like, yeah, we have conspiracies. And they're like leaning into it in a marketing way. And so that's exactly what someone with conspiracies would do. I know, right? Uh-huh. And the spokesperson That's what fucking Ariel 51 exactly. did. Exactly. And the spokesperson yeah. um for the airport was on CNN, which is the thing that I watched. And fun fact, this was the first video that came up on YouTube was this interview. And it um they were like, "Oh, like what are all these aliens everywhere?" And she's like, "Ha, we just think it's fun to go along with the jokes, but we're actually ta- like doing all these renovations." And then they've even posted all over their social media about like, look at the aliens roaming the airport. And it's like workers dressed as aliens. So they're captioning it like aliens roam the tunnels in the like, like a sarcastic comment. Like, look at the aliens in the tunnels of the Denver airport. And then it's a picture of them, which is exactly what you would want to post if you were trying to cover up actual fucking aliens in the tunnels. Exactly. And they even had a whole month that was dedicated to um, celebrating all the conspiracy theories. They had a costume party. They had like conspiracy art tours. Like they're like leaning hard into it. And like right now there's still a lot that you can find um, conspiracy theory wise about this. But if they keep leaning into it like this soon, that's all you're going to be able to find on, on the internet is like, look at this conspiracy theory party. Like that's the exact same thing that I found with harp It's like the first couple instances of google were actual news people covering it but they're like ha ah, look at all these conspiracy theories this is what actually happened which is exactly what cnn did and there's a bunch of other news companies that are covering it also which sounds pretty suspicious to me sounds like a conspiracy sounds a little suspicious. yes sounds a little suspicious yes so there's even more information out there this is just like the top categories of stuff um Bailey Syrian's video was really good. She had some information I didn't see anywhere else, but you can literally find this on any part of the internet. Like so many TikToks <laughs> about it. <laughs> so many TikToks. But it's some crazy shit. And they're trying to cover it up for real. 
oh no i remembered another thing um i thought i wrote this down maybe i missed it so there is another theory about the underground tunnels um that it is connected to um, an underground bunker in the rocky mountains where officials will survive a nuclear war and the trains are supposedly powered by magnetic levitation so you can't hear them like Hmm. it's like two magnets and then they're like moving across the magnet and this was um a guy that like his official title was like conspiracy researcher and he was like confident as fuck he's like oh yeah that's what what that's what it is and um i saw a video where they went and visited the original architect for the airport and they asked him about the conspiracy theories about the tunnels and he's like oh yeah like it's he's like a really jolly guy but then they ask him about that and he's like oh it's definitely real there's miles and miles of tunnels under there reaching all the way to kansas like he got like weirdly like serious i mean he was like being sarcastic quote unquote but like he got weirdly serious when he answered that and like said yes but like led you to believe that he was being sarcastic which is like like, when well usually you can tell when someone's being sarcastic yeah and like it's kind of the same thing of um the lizard people thing that like like louis ck asked someone if they're a lizard person and they had to be like like they couldn't just say no yeah they had to be like haha that's funny but they never said no yeah like he couldn't deny it he just like said it in a sarcastic way and it's like oh yeah there's miles and miles of tunnels under there everything's true and they're like ha <laughs> suspicious okay. yeah so that was some crazy shit uh, denver's a crazy place <clears throat> colorado's a crazy place turns out yeah I'm literally sitting here looking at pictures right now <laughs> of the construction. One of the things said, building a better airport or preparing for the end of the world. Yeah. I'm going to go with preparing for the end I'm of the world. I'm going to go with they knew about this coronavirus. Mm, that's a good one. And see, like that, that article that you just read the title of, they're probably actually just like, no, we're actually just doing construction. And then they don't even mention the conspiracy. They only put the conspiracy in the header. So that they can saturate the Google results with, like, uh-huh. true information. And that's just a conspiracy in itself right there. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything we've talked about. Conspiracy on conspiracy on conspiracy. Yeah. Everything we've talked about has had that effect. Even, like, the, the ghost trees or whatever. If you try to look up the haunting of um, Redwood. And all oh, you could yeah. find was ghost yeah. trees. Like, what? I want to hear the fucking ghosts. What the fuck? Right. Yeah, right. Some crazy shit. Damn. I'm a believer. Well, is that what we have for this week for Colorado? I think so. I think that's it. Some good stories. Wow. And the government tried what to What a crazy ride. <laughs> yeah. Really? Honestly spooks me out yeah. a little bit. It does. Yeah, we got some spooks. Yeah. Got some uh, weird noises. <laughs> got some weird noises in our headphones. Hopefully they yep. show up on the recording. Yeah, I hope so. Got some purple lights on our FaceTime. Yes, we do. But thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you tuning in for all of these wonderful state episodes. Yes. Um, next week is... What is next week? What comes after Colorado? Connecticut. Connecticut. 
Connecticut. Ooh. Connecticut. in Connecticut. Yeah, that sounds. <gasps> stop scary. that. You stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet there's some spooky shit. Some spooky colonial shit in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spooky colonial shit. But thanks for. Um, That's what I'm here for. In. That's what I live for. <laughs> yes. Spooky That's what I do. <laughs> Why I got a history degree. <laughs> An old colonial woman. <laughs> I forget. There's a colonial yeah. woman on the wings. That's, that's She's I'm, turning butter. That's what I'm here for. I want to hear a story like that. <laughs> we just tell that in a full like. Apparently, there was a woman on a plane, and she got too drunk, and she saw a colonial woman on a pl- on the wing in Connecticut. And that's on bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. If you guys want to find out more about Tipsy Ghouls, you can find us on Instagram at Tipsy Ghouls Podcast, or you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at Tipsy Ghouls Podcast as well. You can also find our link tree on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you go on our profile, you'll be able to click on and find places that you can listen. Yes. Um, We also try to post throughout the week so that you can get to know what we're going to be talking about on the current week's episode. So if you want to go follow us, like I said, it's at Tipsy Ghouls Podcast. Yes, on Instagram. Yes. And thanks for sticking through all of our quarantine episodes. I know we're all going yeah. a little crazy. <laughs> um, a little bit, but a little bit. Yeah, it's been fun creating all this. Yes. Yeah. Crazy quarantine content. It's nice to have people to talk yes. to. <laughs> it is. And you can email us too if you want to do that. At mm-hmm. um, we're Tipsy Ghouls Podcast at Gmail. So you can, if you live in one of these states and you want one of your crazy ghost stories to be on the air, or you have a true crime story that you're interested in, one of our upcoming states, or just a conspiracy that you want to let us know about yeah. too, mm-hmm. um, email us. Let us know. We'll read your email on the air, maybe, and then you know if it's cool enough, we could zoom you in for a little bit. Yeah. Little Zoom chat. Little Zoom Zoom. Zoom. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, we're only on the letter C right now, so Mm -hmm. we have a lot, a lot more letters of the alphabet to come. Yes, 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 yes. About fifty of them (laughs) in total. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fifty-two with our SoCal and Hollywood. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You never know if we're gonna decide to create another series that's true maybe we'll do some extra ohio ones since we're ohio babies that's home yes it hits home special date and episode could do that that'd be fun we could probably find one yeah that'd be fun all right amigos are you ready to close this session yes yes don't stand under giant blue horses make sure the mountains are blue And sometimes it takes a woman to row boat to shore. And remember, question question everything. everything. Goodbye. 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 That sounds like the most Florida thing I have ever heard in my life.
Secondly, we're not drunk. We're drinking. <laughs> Secondly, Bridget cusses through the whole thing. I'm fine. <laughs> I have to get my brother on here to talk about Flippy Dick drinking <laughs> up one time. <laughs> My parents were offering to buy him a new suction cup dildo. And he was like, I can't get it from you guys. Like, I've been telling my friends I want one. But, like, I can't be like, my sister got me this. And, you're e- and it's probably like, <laughs> like, yeah, like an Easter true. basket. 